Well, again, welcome. We're grateful that you're here on this Mother's Day Sunday. We celebrate moms and all those who are like moms to us, and we celebrate in particular the ways in which moms are influential in our lives, right? I don't think there's any one of us who could deny that our moms were influential in who we have become, uh, how we understand life. Uh, most of the time, that's been very, very good, sometimes not so good, but what we know is that moms influence us. I know for a fact, my mom, I give thanks for her. She was a very meek woman, very intelligent woman. She helped raise four kids, so she was deeply patient and uh, long-suffering, I think is another way to describe that, right? Uh, I was, I'm the youngest of those four kids, so she had to put up with four folks just like me. So, uh, you know, you can continue to pray for her even though she's with Jesus for about 18 years now. So, uh, but she had huge impact on my life. She was the one who took us to church. She was the one who helped us understand the faith. To this day, I have seminal memories every time we sing certain hymns because I remember standing by my mom and singing those hymns with her as a child and as a teenager even. And what I realize about that is how impactful and influential moms can be. And so we celebrate moms on this particular day and we celebrate the gift that they offer because influence is important. And then every last one of us has influence, sometimes good, sometimes not so good. And I think about parents and certainly moms on this particular day, and I realize that that impact and that influence has deep-seated um, influence. I had the fortunate opportunity this past week to participate in the mayor's prayer breakfast. Our local communities of Louisville, Flower Mound, and Highland Village get together every year in May, the week of the National Day of Prayer, and they have a mayor's breakfast. And there's uh, singing, and there's prayer, obviously, and there's a guest speaker. And this year it was Pam Tebow. You may recognize that name. She's the mom of Tim Tebow. And part of what she shared was the influence she had in her kids' lives that was really quite impactful. I just want to share brief briefly with you. But it demonstrates the power of influence. It seems when the… Uh, she has five children, by the way. You probably know that. Tim is the youngest. And um, she raised her children by memorizing Scripture in part. Every time before they would go to bed, she would prepare them and they would memorize Scripture. And she had a specific way to do that. She would sing a song. She created these original songs that were simple, obviously, and they helped us memorize because music can do that, right? And so she did that with her children, and she realized that there was some influence over that when on one day not too long ago, she was at one of her daughter's homes… And her daughter said, hey, mom, would you, would you uh, do that Scripture thing with my daughter tonight? I would really love that. So Pam went in to say goodnight to her granddaughter, and as she prepared to sing one of those songs, she started singing one of those Scripture songs, and her granddaughter started singing it with her because she already knew it, because one of Pam's daughters had already started teaching her children about Scripture and how to learn it. And so Pam realized that there was influence over generations. That's the kind of impact we can have for the kingdom of God, for the gift and glory of Christ, for the opportunity to share love, right? We have influence. Mothers have influence. Now, just recently, I had the opportunity to fly back from Atlanta, and I saw an opposite experience of influence, and it went something like this. You, you know how on the planes you can watch some movies, right? So I chose the movie 42. It's about a decade old, but does anybody know 42 about Jackie Robinson, right, and Branch Rickey and the Brooklyn Dodgers and how uh, they helped to integrate Major League Baseball, right? And the movie is a po powerful movie that expresses this um, impact that we can have an influence that we can have. Branch Rickey and, and uh, Jackie Robinson had, had amazing influence over Major League Baseball. At one point, there's a scene that is highly influential. 
A young boy is at a game with his father. It's at a, a guest uh, stadium, right? The Dodgers have gone to play somewhere else, and, and the boy is having a great and raucous conversation with his dad. He's all excited about the game. He's all excited about uh, seeing uh, who's going to play and how it's going to fall out, and, and they're talking back and forth to each other, and then all of a sudden, Jackie Robinson runs out onto the field. And in an instant, the boy changes the look on his face because the, the fun and frivolity turns to name-calling and casting dispersion and calling out as, as Jackie Robinson runs across the screen. And the cinematographer does a phenomenal job of showing the look on the little boy's face. He moves from excited and elated to dismayed and shocked and terrified. And then it doesn't stop. For you begin to also see that the boy starts yelling those same names and starts calling out the same player. And he's moved from excitement to dismay and shock to now he's a part of the horrible atrocity of name-calling somebody. Influence. It can be good or it can be bad. And we have the power within us to do one or the other. So whether we're moms, whether we're dads, whether we're friends, whether we're work colleagues, whether we're neighbors, as followers of Jesus, we have the powerful opportunity to influence the world. It's why we wanted to offer this worship series throughout the month of May, because we know that there are powerful influences across the, the uh, Christianity that have taught us much. And so I want to help us to better understand that this day on Mother's Day, because not only do moms have influence, we all do as followers of Jesus, and we have the power to make it good and positive and helpful. And I love the Apostle Paul. You know, we learned about him last week as the, the, the initiator, if you will, of this influence within the Christian movement. And he wrote many of these letters, and one of them gives us a great description of the way in which we can be, be influential. When he writes to the church at Colossae uh, in the third chapter, he says this as he writes back to them, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which you were indeed, you indeed were called to be one body, and be thankful. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teach and admonish one another in all wisdom, and with gratitude in your hearts, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Well, Paul is a master writer, of course, a master teacher, and a part of what makes him such a master is that he uses these powerful imageries uh, and metaphors, right? And this metaphor of putting on these clothes, I mean, we all use this description often, right? The clothes make the person. We can tell often where somebody's going or what they're doing by what they're wearing, right? People in the helping professions, whether medical or EMTs or firefighters or, or uh, police officers, we know who they are when they're wearing their uniform, right? When somebody's wearing a coat and tie or a very nice formal dress, we know they're either going to a wedding or a funeral or a nice dance. When people are in cutoffs and t-shirts, we know they're either going to church or, oh no, I'm sorry. <laughs> or they're going out to the yard to work, right? I mean, we recognize 
often when people are going somewhere, what they're doing, right? The clothes make the person. And so Paul knows this. Even 2,000 years ago, he recognizes that the clothes make the person. And what a wardrobe this is. Meekness and kindness, humility, compassion, forgiveness, love. What a powerful wardrobe this is that when people see us wearing it, they know who we are. That old Christian uh, uh, hymn from the 70s that said, they'll know we are Christians by our love. A part of what that says is when we put these clothes on, they make us a better person. They give us the kind of influence that we want to share with other people, right? And because of that, people see in us that we really are followers of Jesus. And what's fascinating to me is um, Paul doesn't just use this list of, of patience and kindness and compassion and humility and meekness and forgiveness and love right here. He uses it in multiple locations, not the least of which is in his letter to the churches in Galatia. When in the fifth chapter, he just says, now the fruit of the Spirit, and when he says the fruit of the Spirit, what he's basically saying is, this is who you are to be known by. This is what the fruit are that we ought to demonstrate, right? And he says that the fruit of the Spirit are love and joy, peace and patience, kindness and generosity, faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And when we know those things, when we put those things on, they change us, don't they? And they make us into the image of Christ. And they help others to realize, oh, there might be something valuable about this faith. There might be something to this thing called Christianity. This might actually be a good and positive thing. And I know this goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. We need more of that from our fellow brothers and sisters in the faith. We need it. Others need it. And when we wear it, we look good. But not just do we look good, Jesus looks good. The kingdom looks good. What it is God offers looks good, and it makes a difference in the world. There is influence to be had, influence to offer. Well, not only do I cherish this uh, letter to the church at Colossae and what Paul also writes to the churches in Galatia, but we have an influencer that I want to share with you that I know many of us may not even know. It was fascinating in the 930, only one person in the room knew this influencer, and yet she had powerful impact on the world. Most of us just don't know it. Her name is Monica. She's sometimes known as a saint. She was born in 331 A.D. in Algeria, North Africa. Do you know that in Algeria, this is her, Saint Monica, you may know her by. How many of us know Saint Monica? How many of us heard the name? Anybody? 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 One, thank you. Anybody? Anybody? Going once, going twice. Oh, okay. Thanks, David. She's not well known, and yet she helped to set the course for Christianity for centuries to come because of her faithfulness and the clothes of Christ that she wore. Let me tell you a little bit about Monica. Monica was a faithful follower of Jesus from early in her life. She was passionate for Him, and she followed Him well. She helped to um, spread the gospel throughout the region of Algeria and eventually to Italy. She married a guy named Patricius. Patricius was not a believer in Jesus. He, in fact, made it very clear to her he would not change and he would not follow her way. He would not even let her baptize her three babies, which was the custom in the day to baptize infants. She had two boys and a, son, a daughter. 
Augustine was one. You may have heard that name, Augustine of Hippo. Navigius was the second son. And then Perpetua, Perpetua, I'm sorry, was uh, the daughter. And she prayed for her children regularly, and she prayed for her husband. And in fact, what you may not know in particular about Monica was when she married Patricius, guess what, what happened? His mom lived with them. How's that for fun? Mother-in-law gets to live with us. Well, guess what? Both um, uh, the husband and the mother-in-law had very violent tempers. They would go into rages over simple and ordinary things. And Monica would not only put up with this, but she demonstrated love and kindness and compassion and certainly patience to them. Throughout her days married to him, uh, she would pray for him daily. When she wanted to baptize her kids and he wouldn't let them, uh, she was beside herself and she didn't know what to do. And so she constantly demonstrated to them the mercy and the grace and the loving kindness of Christ to the extent that on the deathbed of her husband, he accepted Jesus because of her witness. Her mother-in-law, the same. Simply and solely because she put on Christ for them. Simply and solely because she wanted to demonstrate to them what it was that the love of Christ could offer. Eventually, her two youngest, Navigius and Perpetua, would go into ministry, uh, one a nun and one a cleric. But it was Augustine that she struggled with the most. He was a man who wanted to sow his oats. In fact, um, he fathered a child out of wedlock. He started to follow another faith tradition. So much so did this bother uh, Monica that she didn't know what to do, and so she eventually separated from him for a time. And it broke her heart because she desperately wanted not only her husband and her mother-in-law, but her son to accept Christ. So she prayed, and she prayed, and she prayed. For 17 years, Monica would pray daily for Augustine until he turned 32. The year before she died, Augustine accepted Jesus, got baptized, and eventually became a cleric in the Christian church. He wrote some of the most influential books that we've ever known, the Confessions of Augustine, the City of God. Do you know that our theological doctrine of original sin is shaped almost entirely by him? Many of the theological concepts that we understand today come from Augustine in the, the fourth and the fifth century. He helped establish Christianity across the then known globe and all because his mother had the audacity to pray for him to influence him, to share with him in very common, ordinary ways kindness and compassion, patience and forgiveness. She was a powerful witness for the gospel of Jesus Christ simply by putting on the clothing of Jesus. And it made huge impact, not only on Augustine, not only on her other two kids, not only on her husband and mother-in-law but on scores, if not hundreds, of other people who would see and witness what she wore. Compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, forgiveness, and yes, even love. What a powerful witness. And I begin to think to myself, golly, so many of us don't even know who this woman is. So many of us have never even heard of her, and yet she has this amazing impact on the kingdom. 
and on scores of other people who in turn would witness to others and who in turn would share the gospel with other people and so that billions and billions of people would come to know Christ over the years because this woman, who by the way, is the patron saint in the Catholic Church of moms, of wives, and of addicts because of her desire to be in relationship with those people. August 27th, if you're counting days, is her feast day. So when August 27th comes, you give thanks for Monica because Monica not only created Christians out of her own family, but she helped to perpetuate the gift of Christ to so many other people. And so I begin to wonder to myself, so, so how could I learn from Monica about how to influence? What can I take for my own faith journey so that I can share the gospel with other people? Well, I suppose it comes down to the clothing. I suppose it comes down to what we're going to choose to wear or not, right? So just a couple of simple examples. I think, man, we could, um, ways that we could influence in the days that lie ahead, one is simply we could put on the clothing of compassion. Right? So, um, when we find ourselves online posting socially, be compassionate and kind. When we have face-to-face conversation with people we know and love but disagree with, (laughs) put on kindness and compassion. When we have connections with other people that we don't really like or care for, put on compassion. Use kindness as a way to demonstrate the richness of God found in Jesus. Let's, Let's put this coat on, right? Kindness and compassion. God knows we need a lot more of it in our society this day. We can be those who put it on and offer it to the world because when people have demonstrated to them kindness and compassion, it changes who they are too, and it makes a huge impact. I wonder if we might also put on the the clothing of humility. What might it look like that as a follower of Jesus, we don't laud that over somebody else or we don't condemn somebody else or we don't guilt somebody else, but rather we say, I'm a follower of Jesus and I'd love to hear your story and do a lot more listening than perhaps talking and honoring of people who might have another faith or no faith at all and simply acknowledge that you cherish them as a human being. Humility goes miles for changing people's perceptions of us and of Him. And last time I checked, it was a foundational value for Jesus. Paul wrote about it many times. Humility is not only becoming, but it is being a follower of Jesus. I wonder what that might look like if we put that on a a little more often. And then Monica was great at putting on the coat of patience, right? Uh, She prayed for years and years and years for her children, for her husband, for her mother-in-law, She waited patiently as God did the transformation. I bet we, when we're talking to somebody we disagree with or when we have conversations with folks that we don't care for or when we have relationships with folks that we don't really appreciate, I wonder if we could have just a little more patience. I know I don't do this very well. My own children have helped me to learn better. I have not yet arrived. I'm not going to try to say that I have. But my children have helped me to better see how important patience is when things either don't go my way or don't go the way I expect. And patience, as they say, is a virtue, right? What would it be like if we put that on too? 
And then ultimately, did you notice what Paul said as he wrote to the church at Colossae? He said, most of all, put on love. It does, of course, become foundational, right? I mean, Jesus would say the two greatest commandments are love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. He would also say in John's gospel, I give you a new command, that you love one another as I have loved you. And Paul, when he gives the powerful definition of love in 1 Corinthians 13, he says at the very end of the chapter, now faith and hope and love, they all exist, they all abide together, but the greatest of these is love. What would it look like if people saw us wearing love? that it would become the foundation to everything we do, that it would become the, the, the articles that define who we are, that it would be everything that people see in us as followers of Jesus. Most of all, put on love. I know you've had the same experience I have. When somebody demonstrates love to me, when I clearly don't deserve it, when I've done nothing to earn it, I am deeply touched. And I want a deeper relationship with that person. What would it be like if as followers of Jesus we did the same? You see, you may have never heard of Monica before. But she has deeply influenced who you are. She has made you the follower of Christ that you have become. And man, she looks fine in those clothes as do you. And I pray that each one of us will choose to put on these articles of kindness and compassion, meekness and humility, patience and forgiveness, love and even peace, that it might change who we are so that we could help change others for the kingdom, for Jesus, and for the world. Thanks be to God that we've got some amazing clothes to wear. Will you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, thank you for the gift of your son Jesus, for the wonderful ways that he demonstrates to the world that there really are some clothes that make us different, and that when we wear those clothes, God, they help us to become new and different, and they help others see in us what it is you see in us. But most importantly, God, what it helps us to do is help others to see you. So, God, may we put on these clothes. May we demonstrate well what Monica has taught us and how it is we can be influencers in the world for the gospel's sake. For all of that, God, we give you thanks. And we lift this prayer in the name of the one, Jesus, whom we know to be the Christ. Amen.